Hello, my name is Tyler. Welcome to the show. This is Low Pilot, a podcast where I interview authors, poets, and publishers all around the different uh, spaces and indie scenes on the internet. I've been a fan of writing and reading for the past uh, 10, 15, 20 years. Let's say I'm about 35, so yeah, that, you know, makes sense. Um, on today's episode, I talked to Shy Watson and Catch a Business. Catch is returning from an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. How's your day? Jose A. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. It's well, it's snowing really hard here, and the roads are horrible, so there weren't many people there. But it was, yeah, it was still good. My mom used to take me to those when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like them? Well, they would like put me in the back room with like another kid. Oh. And yeah. we'd like play with little toys and shit while like everyone was out doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my mom was an alcoholic, so mm-hmm. I, w- I wasn't as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. We just don't have, like, a kid room at ours. That's that's nice. Maybe we should have a kid room at ours for people who need to use that. Seems like a good resource. Yeah. yeah. Should we wait for um, cats? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Sure. Yeah, I, it's funny. I talked to her on the phone for like an hour just a week ago. <laughs> she and I are best friends, so we're always... We, when, when did you all become friends? In um, 20, 2016? 2016. Yeah, we met... Before Catch Fest? No, we... Okay, we met in 2015. We became friends in 2015. Um, but we didn't like become like best friends until 2016. We met, so I was living in Denver and I was finishing my last semester at school and I got on Twitter and I saw that there was this magazine called witchcraft magazine. And she used to be one of the, well, she did like the sad spell, the press part of it. And I reached out to her and was like, oh, this is in Denver. I'm in Denver. We should hang out. And she invited me to a Halloween party at her house. And I went, but it was literally just like her, her boyfriend, and like three of their closest friends. Mm -hmm. And like me and my then boyfriend. And they all like basically spoken inside jokes, like not in a way to make me feel excluded, just they were really close with one another. But she was dressed as a Barbie and her head was shaved at the time. And I was just like, this is the coolest fucking person I've ever seen. And I wanted to be friends with her so bad. Um, And then she, she really is the one who introduced me to the entire world of indie literature. Like she told me about electric cereal and about civil coping mechanisms and what was um, entropy, where all that where to submit list was and everything? She introduced me to the whole world. Um, she was like my doula into the online writing community. Alt lit. I guess I came in like kind of at the end of alt lit 1.0. I guess mm-hmm. I kind of like missed it, 
barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was like your like your older sister showing you all the cool shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you yeah. now? Were you like seriously writing back then? Poetry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Naropa, that mm-hmm. Buddhist college in Boulder, Colorado. It was founded by Allen Ginsberg, Ann Waldman, and Chogyam Trungpa, uh, the like bad boy Tibetan Buddhist monk. And yeah, I went there for writing. So I've been writing a lot, but in our classes, they didn't tell us any of the contemporary online journals. I was submitting to places like Plowshares, McSweeney's, Tin House, and just getting a bunch of rejections or paying, you know, $25, $30 to submit to a chat book contest when I could hardly get groceries because I was in yeah. college. Um yeah, so I, I was writing. I just wasn't writing to the right people or submitting to the right outlets until I met Catch. I feel like a lot of those college academic people aren't in touch with the online spaces. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. I mean, there's one, Ella Longpre, who has a book on civil coping mechanisms, and she's just, like, amazing. She's in the Acknowledgments of Molly by Blake Butler, I noticed, and I was like, oh, she's friends with Blake? Um, but she was one of my professors. She was so cool. But the other ones seemed a little more out of touch. But I, I did go to like a like a weirdo school where they were teaching us contemporary books like on Coffee House Press and Grey Wolf and stuff rather than the traditional canon. So mm-hmm. we at least knew of small presses and stuff, but not many of them seemed to know of like online lit journals. Were you was gonna ask well i forgot my question um were you what kind of poetry were you writing confessional freestyle Mm -hmm. kind of poetry it had more of like a sound quality to it back then than it does now i mean i still care about how words sound together but back then it was more like I guess there'd be slant rhymes or um, I could go grab an old journal and like read an embarrassing poem from when I was 20. Um, okay. Austin sent me a box <laughs> of books. I'm just going to throw out. And one of them had like one of your old chat books. Mm-hmm. It, was, it looked very experimental. And it was like a barista. And then it said like hairy legs, hairy legs. Oh, that was a zine. But yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That wasn't poetry. That was just... Oh. I became obsessed with this barista who didn't like me or I thought he didn't like me. Um, Why? <laughs> uh, if it's detailed better in the zine. I haven't read that in so long. I can hardly remember. I think he, um, he started mopping once like an hour before they closed in the room I was in. He caught me smoking a cigarette on the pa- cigarette on the patio and you weren't supposed to smoke cigarettes on the patio. I think he like, made my drink to go even when i'd order it for there like i just got the sense he didn't want me around but it was the coffee shop i always hung out at which i later found out was a christian coffee shop it was called thou mayest so like maybe i should have known because it was called thou mayest but it was really like portland oregon cabin core like flannel blankets and couches everywhere and it's in kansas city it was two floors it was so cozy and so nice it's actually also where i met my other best friend scout galette she was a barista there um is she a poet 
She's a musician. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I mean, gonna ask too, but she's like a good musician. Did you help putting put together the first catch fest? No, I didn't go to the first one. I went to the second and third. Catch and I weren't having a. Uh, we had like a little rift in our friendship that <gasps> extended during that time. What happened? <laughs> I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. Um, yeah, I'm not at liberty to say, but it it was just just but us both being young and dumb and not being able to handle things very well. It'll, it it was only like hmm, maybe we didn't talk for like six months or something, but it just happened to overlap with the first catch fest. Anyway, oh, go ahead. How did you guys resolve the conflict? Um. Well, even like when we did have the conflict, it was like, okay, we just need space from each other. Like it wasn't like a, and I fucking hate you. We're never speaking again. It was like a, clearly we need to cool off. And then I think we both just came to the point where we were like, okay, we feel like we've both like gotten over the hurt that we caused each other. And then um, I think we're just like, hey, do you, we should catch up sometime. And then we just like became best friends again. It was like nothing ever happened. And I think that, I don't know, I was talking to someone about this recently, how best friendships, especially when they last as long as, I mean, Ketch and I have been best friends for eight years now. Um, and, you know, it's like family or a long-term relationship, like a marriage or something. I think it just makes it stronger to see each other like at your absolute fucking worst. Also to see each other grow, you know, like she's seen me at my like, ugliest and most terrible so i you know it makes me feel like okay well i'm not like wondering you know would she accept me fully for who i am like she does and i accept her fully for who she is and we've you know been able to uh grow a lot and that's really the only fight we've ever been in you know eight years of being really really tight so pretty compatible i would say <laughs> would you like to see that more in the indie lit community or like people resolving their conflicts yes me and aaron taylor did that actually um we really never had like a conflict but we just had this like weird uh frenemy thing between us i don't know what the fuck it was neither does she we talked about it we were like maybe it's just that we were both like women poets from the midwest who you know like maybe we we're just like mm -hmm. too similar and saw each other somehow as like competition or like a threat to one another but we just had this like weird and then one time um we well we we'd still like each other's tweets and stuff but it always felt kind of like i'm like why are we doing this like i know she talks shit on me i talk shit on her like what is this and then so one time i was just like all right let's let's talk and then we did and we were we both were like yeah you know we're young we we're silly like uh i think you're really beautiful and smart and talented i think you're really beautiful smart and talented and we're like we should just fucking we you know she she was like i thought you didn't like me and i was like well i thought you didn't like me and we just like cleared the air now we're really good friends um we saw each other when i was in la in uh october and just gave each other like the sweetest hug talked for a long time shared a cigarette she gave me a cigarette it was amazing um yeah i think that like i don't have any bad blood with anyone at all now like there's no one who i mean i, I have like one ex who won't talk to me you know but it's mm -hmm. so much better to not like have beef uh is catch joining yeah yay 
Hi. I just told like our whole story. You're gonna have to listen to it later. <laughs> I did. I said I was not at liberty to disclose why we had a a period of not being close, but that we have grown closer than ever and are like family and love each other so much. When I first met you, I thought you were the coolest person I'd ever seen. Thank you. Do you yeah. want to say catch while you guys were fighting initially? No, <laughs> you can say it. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, oh. like, if I thought about it, I'd probably remember. There's like been several points. Like we're like sisters, so we've fought over plenty of things. I I know what you're talking about. The period of time. I don't. Did you yeah. punch in the face? No. Well, <laughs> it was it was post Iowa. <laughs> um, oh, we didn't talk for a while. Yeah. Did you go to Iowa? We went to not not for school. We went to Mission Creek Festival in like 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah. It's so funny, catch you just like completely contradicted what I said. I was like, that's the only fight we'd ever gotten in ever, and we. I've been best friends for eight years, and you're like, yeah, we've gotten in plenty of fights. We're sisters. <laughs> Does that help I, your poetry or your writing? To get or into fights? <laughs> work against it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like hardships with your friends. Do you avoid writing about that, or do you write about that? In y'all's personal writings. I don't really write about my friends. Um... One time I tried to write a poem inspired by, I mean, I've written a few poems that have to do with shy, but like, that's like two out of 20,000, you know? Mm. Yeah, I don't, I've never written about a fight with a friend, I don't think. Like, friends will come up in my writing because a lot of my poems are just kind of slice of life, like, this this happened today this like i use names in my poems a lot like ran into this person on the street oh this person said that or whatever but i don't go deep with friendships in my writing i would i reserve that for romance i guess <laughs> for your fiction no for poetry oh okay so do you when you're moving from fiction to from poetry did you use your real life relationships in your writing like with the uh, scrambos bug oh not with that um the first piece of fiction i wrote was a novel that didn't sell and that was based off my life but with each passing draft i made it more and more fictionalized but yeah i i used i used like the crutch of my real life at first i guess to be able to write fiction like i started writing a story about a creepy McDonald's manager and um, a McDonald's employee. And then it turned into a whole, I couldn't quit writing it. It became a novel and it was based off my life, but then I made it way more fictionalized. But now when I write short stories, they have nothing to do with my life. Okay. Did you, is that the first novel that you, did you get that published? No, it got rejected everywhere. Um, yeah. The novel that's about to go on submission is a completely different one. So when do you when do you give up sending out the novel, the first novel? 
my agent at the time sent it on three different rounds and the third round was small presses. So at that point I was just like, well, there's really nowhere else to send it. I, I sent it to um, Cash for Gold recently just because Harris asked me if I had anything. And I was like, I don't know, I have this novel. And he and John Lindsay liked it a lot, but said that it didn't like really fit their press, which I agree with. It doesn't. Um, I think I might actually turn it into a YA novel because it has a teenage protagonist and that seemed to be one of the hard things with editors when we were, me and my former agent were submitting it is that people were like, it's kind of hard to connect with like an 18 year old protagonist. Like who's this for? But seriously, that's so fucking lame. <laughs> that like, it's just the age they can't relate to. That's dumb. I don't know. Yeah. Have you thought about making it a graphic novel? No. No. I mean, I think it'd be a good movie. Maybe I could ask someone to turn it into a graphic novel, but no, I never thought of that. I hadn't had the thought. Catch, have you thought about making a graphic novel? No. no. Never. I don't. That's not. I just don't do that. You don't. I mean, do you? Do you draw? No, I don't. I do read. A lot of comic books and graphic novels yeah i i like poetry comics um but i i taught myself how to draw when i was 18 and i got pretty good at it but that like lasted three months and then i stopped and i i haven't ever i mean shy's a visual artist but i'm not i feel like shy could do something like that well like your zine uh shy that was kind of it used a lot of images in that that was microsoft paint <laughs> um, yeah there you go or no what it was it was the apple version of paint from like 2012 or something um mm -hmm. catch i didn't know you drew i want to see your drawings i like that was 15 years ago almost you know i have no clue where those drawings are i would draw like me I would draw like me in a cute outfit. <laughs> I love that. And now I really want to see them. <laughs> so there were like things you aspired to wear or just. Um, I don't remember. I think it was more just, I, I think I would like look at pictures of myself and then like draw that. Mm -hmm. It was I like. It was like brats, but like <laughs> like a brass version of catch. Yeah, did you, exactly. Did you make art for like catch vest? No. Um, Zoe did all of the graphics. I know Zoe really well. I stay with her like every time I go to LA. Did you meet Carmen and Mary Boo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're my friends too. Oh, Carmen's such a good artist, speaking of artists, and Mary Boo, in a different way, I guess. Um, I think of Carmen's, like, sketchbook drawings, and I think of Mary Boo's, like, cool paintings and graphic stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever co collabed with them? I haven't collabed. Catch, I guess you have. Or have you? No, just Zoe. No, I, me and Carmen <laughs> did a, a, a split chop back in the day oh hell yeah i have copies of that um i feel like you would 
want to copy Tyler. Yeah. I got like this whole box of Austin's little chat books and things over the years. It's pretty cool. What's the best date you've been on? Probably with your boyfriend, right? Me? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I've never really been on dates. I kind really? of just become someone's girlfriend right away. Um, uh -huh. You still go on dates. You can still be on dates while you're in a relationship. It's like okay. you, go to, you go to dinner. That's a date. Okay. Well, then with Portugal, for my birthday last year, Kirk and I went to Portugal. And on my actual birthday we went to this like secret beach that some guy at a bar told us about that wasn't touristy at all and we went pretty late in the day because we didn't realize that you had to like scale down a cliff to get to the beach and we scaled down a cliff um and watched the sunset and then we had to like uh like rock climb back up i'll have to send pictures so that you guys can visualize it, but that was like really, really, really beautiful and super epic. There were these big rocks in the ocean. Some of them were pointy. It was it was a really strange landscape and a very small beach. It was like an inlet of sand. And yeah, the waves had started to come in too. So that was like another impetus for the uh rushed scrambling. But that was that was a really good day. Were you we castles that day too? Were you afraid you were going to fall off the mountain when you're like climbing down and climbing up? Kind of because like it was wet, but yeah, it was like really slick. Um, but I don't know. I've like scrambled around on rocks enough that I felt like I, I feel like I have good balance. Like I can skateboard. And the one time I went surfing, I was a natural. Like I feel like I'm good at knowing where to put, where to shift my weight. Are you a skateboard person? I have a skateboard and I know how to skateboard, but I haven't skateboarded in like a year and a half. Do you do like kickflips? No. No. I can like ollie in the grass. I'm afraid to ollie on concrete. Do you go on ramps? No. What about you, Catch? No, I don't skateboard. Oh, I thought you you look like like a skateboarder to me. Really? You have that vibe. Cool. You have a surfer vibe, Catch. Yeah. <laughs> I like Catch, that. I heard you shaved your head. Yeah. How do you know things about me? I just know things. I said that one. Oh. I was describing your Barbie costume from when I met you on Halloween. Shy, have you ever shaved your head? No. Why not? You should. I've thought about it, but I don't know if I want to know what it looks like under there. Because you might regret it and then, like, oh, fuck, you got to wait eight no, months wear a hat or a wig my head is also kind of like big i don't know about like i don't think i have the right shape for that for a shaved head yeah it's interesting like natalie portman and also catch breath look great with no hair but i think my head's just kind of i don't know i almost have like a a man-shaped head or something but i guess men look okay i don't know i i think i need more of a heart-shaped face or more of a like feminine face i have like strong jawline and stuff so is that not feminine i don't know hmm, i feel like i have shark features shark 
sharp, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were, you know, how people are like, I'm like bunny sexy. I thought you were, I thought you were being like, I'm shark sexy. I'm shark sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask about the Ascombros bug, if that's like a political motivated story. Um, I suppose it is. It's a prepper story. So there's certainly considerations about conspiracy theories. And also, you know, I was, I saw something the other day on Twitter, of course, and it was talking about how some conservative was like, yeah, the conservatives have a bigger amygdala than it was maybe the amygdala. I don't know anything about brain parts, but then liberals. And it's like the part of the brain that, so they're like, so our brains are bigger than liberal brains or something. And someone quote tweeted it and was like, that's the part of the brain for fear response. Like, okay, so you're just more scared or whatever. And then there's like, yeah, there's research into you know, people who have conservative beliefs are all often more religious. And there's like a fear gene that is like the God gene that helps people believe in God and stuff. So I don't know, my, my family's very, well, they're born again Christians as of like seven years ago. I wasn't raised Christian, but now they're really, really fanatical. And I, I was kind of thinking of my mom and stepdad as Pete and Gloria when I wrote that, except I mean, they're very different from Pete and the Glory in a lot of ways, too. But I think I just was kind of having considerations like that when I wrote it. It could be read that way. My favorite story I've ever written, which is not published yet, but really needs to be, um, is definitely kind of like a COVID parallel, but it's about the Mothman in oh. West Virginia. Yeah. I know. Someone needs to publish that. So put that It's not published? No, the New Yorker almost picked it up, and then everyone else has like said no. But it's the best story I've ever written, and I'm really, I really wanted to find a good home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much, how much do you sell your stories for? It depends on where it buys them, because they all have their own rates. A lot of times for zero dollars. <laughs> With the scrambled bug, I didn't know like eating beef jerky would like give a woman like a miscarriage. Yeah, it's um How'd you find that out? I was looking up like things that can cause a miscarriage and eating raw meat's one of them. Like pregnant people can only eat certain things. They can't have uh cheeses that are I don't know, I've never been pregnant, but you're not you're supposed to avoid certain kinds of cheese, certain kinds of processes or lack thereof. It's cool how you like infused it into the story with the characters and like the economics of the characters and who they are in the setting. I just thought it was really brilliant. Like, did you have that idea initially and then you kind of framed it around these characters or did you find that out later while you're writing it? I found it out while I was writing. That's always the way it happens is, I don't know. I think of it as like God. Um, Like I wrote that she was, making and eating beef jerky before I even knew that that would cause a miscarriage before I even knew she was going to have a miscarriage. Um, 
there's been a lot, a lot of weird shit like that that happens when I'm writing a story. Like I'll write something and I don't even know that it's for a reason. And then later I, I like write something where I'm like, holy shit, like this is tied to something I wrote earlier in this really significant way that I wouldn't have even foreseen. It's almost like my subconscious knew that it would be required later on to complete a thread or something. Um, so yeah, it came as a surprise. And those moments are like, fuck yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like I'm like, God is speaking to me. Like God wrote this story. <laughs> like it feels, mm -hmm. it feels like so profound. Yeah. Catch, are you going to write uh, fiction? Or have you? I don't have any plans to, no. What do you think about Shai's transition from poetry to fiction? I think it was um, a good call. She's really mm -hmm. talented. And uh, there's potential for a career in fiction where there isn't in poetry. Why is that? Because people like don't read poetry the way that they read fiction. Like there's more readers for fiction and poetry. Yeah. 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 There's like a, there's an audience, like a fiction audience that like way outweighs the poetry audience. Shy, didn't you start writing fiction when you were hanging out with Cash? Because I read some interview where you you guys were staying together, but I guess Catch said you guys never lived together. But you guys were staying together, and I guess Catch would go to her job, and then you would you would go to another room, like sit down for four hours and like write every day. Yeah. So my kind of like i'm a fiction writer debut was at catch fest number two at a reading at a brewery i don't remember who the presses were catch might remember joseph uh mustache guy was one of the hosts and what then, the who was that name joseph parker okay yeah joseph <sighs> parker okay was one of the hosts what about him mustache guy good thing he's not in the scene anymore shy that's like so offensive what happened to him mustache i don't know is he problematic no he just got like annoyed with everyone and disappeared <laughs> that's my theory it's nothing against him i have i like don't remember my early 20s very well i was drinking too much um yeah but he was, it was too fast too furious Oh yeah, too fast. It was that yeah. reading, and I read my like the beginning of the novel, the first, the failed novel there. But the time that you're talking about was me editing that failed novel. It catches. I, I stayed with her for the month of August in 2020 in Denver, and she would go work. Well, I think she's working. Yeah, in real life, and I I was staying in her guest room. And I would just wake up and write for like, I don't know, like three or four hours and then watch Bachelor with her. Or she'd make me non-alcoholic cocktails or we'd go get milkshakes or. Was it like a strict regiment? So you're like, have to be disciplined in this? Yeah. Well, Ketch would make us coffee in the morning. So I'd wake mm -hmm. up at the same time as her or like around the time coffee would be ready and we'd have our coffee together. And then she'd go to work, and then I'd make myself go right. So you guys never lived together? No. 
Why? I thought you guys did. I thought you guys lived in New York. I guess that's kind of living together. With Theo. You stayed at Theo's place. Theo took over my room when I left New York. Oh. I lived with Chariot and Amara, and then Theo took my... Well, Theo took Chariot's former room, and Chariot moved into my room, but... Yeah, I guess I didn't live with Theo. I basically... Theo was always at our apartment before I left New York, though. I was always hanging out with Amara, me, and Chariot. Especially during COVID, so it was kind of like I was living with Theo. What is that like with Theo every day? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that... Theo every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does he come up with like conspiracy theories every day, or is he pretty chill? Um. Well, Amara and Theo both have read like the entirety of Wikipedia, so they would always let me know about conspiracy theories and it was covid so i remember i went and got my first pcr test and i heard like a crunch when the long q-tip was all the way up there and i went home and was telling amara about it and she was like oh that that was like the the chip like the microchip and i was like the what and it scared the shit out of me and like i i feel like they're also always trolling though like i don't know how much theo believes and any given conspiracy theory or not, I really, and they've been my good friend for years and years, and I could not tell you uh, how earnestly any of their beliefs are. <laughs> except, yeah. yeah, but I but I know that, you know, I love them very much, and they keep things interesting. Yeah, like with this new uh, religion that he's into, like I didn't know if it was a joke at first, but now I think it's pretty serious. I think it's serious. Yeah, during I, I just thought of one really good living with Theo moment, which is remember when GameStop got oh, yeah. really expensive per share? One morning it was a blizzard and Kirk had stayed over and I guess Theo had stayed over and we woke up really early, like like 20 minutes before stocks opened for the day, before the stock market. And we were just like walking around, like pacing and like smoking cigarettes and we all dressed up in like suits and it was like mad men and we were all in Amara's room just like Theo check the numbers check the numbers Amara, da, da, da. we were like reporting to each other and um it was it was beautiful uh did, snow in day didn't you lose money on that I heard you on another podcast talking about that I did lose money on GameStop yes oh, okay are you guys into stocks and stuff I kind of am. I'm into crypto and I have like index fund investments. How much money does that bring in? It depends. I've made maybe like 3000 off my index funds in like two years. Wow. And then Ethereum, it's been up and down. So I'm just holding until it's like really up. What about you, Catch? Are you into stocks? <clears throat> uh no, I have debt. Yeah, from like school stuff? No, just from life. Yeah. Yeah. Does that get you down or you just like ignore it? It's been a journey. I feel I'm I'm at a good place with it right now. When's the last time you guys hung out like together in person? June. June? 
Mm-hmm, June 1st. No, well, yeah. August. Oh, shit, August. Yeah, I was just thinking of when I was in New York. Yeah, you're right, August for Catch Fest. And you guys are going to hang out again at Catch Fest. Yeah, we will. And hopefully this March, I'm going to New York for a reading and trying to get Catch to come. Catch, you should start a press and publish Shy. I should publish. I should publish Shy, or I should publish. Yeah, start an indie small press publishing thing, and then publish Shy. Shy doesn't want to publish on my press, on my imaginary press. Oh. Shy's going for like major presses. You wouldn't publish with Catch, would you, Shy? Well, if it was a magazine or something, but no, not a book. No. I, I would, I, you know, if it was a poetry book, I would, but I'm trying to like sell a novel and become a professor and stuff. Would you publish with Maldon House? My novel? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to turn it into a YA novel and then try to sell it somewhere big. And if that doesn't work, I don't know what I'll do. Would you just keep sending it out? Like every few months, just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. <laughs> okay. But isn't that like how like people get published? Do they keep sending it out, or does it just become like over time it just becomes dead? Didn't and like your soul and like I can't keep doing this. I don't know. I mean, I'm so much more excited for my new novel. Mm-hmm. I think I want. I don't know. I'm trying to think that it was meant to be that God didn't want me to publish that novel first oh, like that's, to publish yeah. Renata first because Renata is a better book so I don't know if I'd want to go back and publish drive through unless it were like YA or something like if I ch- totally changed it from like what I'm trying to do with my trajectory mm-hmm. like if I publish it under YA I'm going to use a pseudonym Cradle Collins is the name I came up with Cradle for a mm-hmm. YA novel? Yeah yeah it's a little I like that. Do you think it's on the nose? Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I just think it's a cute name, Cradle. Like I'm like, that's such a cute name. It is a cute name. Would you have been able to write the second novel without the first? No. No. What do you learn? Thing I think I'm like, well, that was just kind of a stepping stone so that I'd be able to write Renata or you know whatever else. Like I had to learn to write a novel. What was that like learning? Just like sitting down every day and doing it? It was really hard. My first draft was horrible. I don't know why my former agent signed with me. Um, She said she like saw the potential in it. But yeah, it was really bad. And then I, I just learned like how much you have to revise and make new drafts and get other people's feedback and... I didn't know there'd be so much editing because with poetry, I'd just write a poem and then the poem was done. Mm-hmm. So, Catch, I guess, have yeah. you read the book? Me? What? Sorry, yeah. I I'm really sorry, you guys. Uh, my laundry is going, and it I, like it's really loud. I hope you guys can't hear it. That's fine. Um, did you ask if I had read it? Yeah, have you read the book? I haven't yet. No. Why not? Um. Well, Shai sent me a draft like a year ago now, and I was like not in a good place to like 
read my friend's novel and like give feedback and so I was like I'm not going to read it right now but I feel like if you sent it to me now shy I would read it didn't you just um finish a new draft yeah but I think I'm just gonna wait until like I think I'm gonna wait till I have galleys for anyone to read it like for before I show it to you or Kirk or anything, just because I know it's just going to keep changing over and over again. And I want people to get to read like the at least near finished product. Yeah, because I because I, I'm going to want you to read the final one anyway. So maybe I'll just wait until I have the final one. <laughs> or I don't have feedback anymore. I'm past the point of needing feedback. So what about blurbs? Mm, I'm sure that'll be part of the process. You can't just blurb. No. No. It doesn't. You're you're barking up the wrong tree. Oh. Like I'm not. I'm her friend. I'm not like her literary contemporary. I, I mean, I guess I am in some ways, but not in like, like in an alt lit way. Yeah, but in a like professional literary career way, no. Do you think those are two different things? Like, because she's yeah. written fiction and like that's breaking out of the alt lit. No, I don't think that fiction is like the opposite of alt lit. I just mm -hmm. think that Shy's doing something that's not alt lit. Shy, did you make that like decision, like specifically, like I'm going to break out from? The, all the spaces or was it just like you writing what you wrote i guess it was just me writing what i wrote because i my fiction's pretty traditional like mm -hmm. it's you know beginning middle end told all the way through like i don't write in like fragments and stuff i i write traditional short stories and i'm writing a traditional novel so i think it just like doesn't it wasn't like intentional really like my poetry i guess is more alt litty just because that's the way that it is but i think just the way i write fiction is more just like traditional contemporary fiction or something catch when she started writing fiction did that like was that ever appealing to you like i want to start writing fiction too because she is no it was more like oh she's really good at this i'm glad that she's doing this now and you wanted to support her yeah it never made me want to write fiction. I mean, I, my writing started with fiction when I was a teenager. Really? And, yeah. So then I like realized, oh, I'm a poet. And so, and I, it's not that I don't write prose ever. It's just, that's, that's a career choice. And I have a career already and I'm kind of like a low key person like i don't have the energy to be a fiction writer that takes a lot of like dedication and i like i'm too scattered catch studied nonfiction for her undergrad she double majored i didn't i didn't double major um i i studied creative nonfiction nonfiction and got a minor in journalism but um some. I did realize I was a poet in college and put a lot of energy into that. What books should you read for creative nonfiction? Oh, God. I don't know. 
were there any that stood out that like were your favorites the only books i remember weren't non-fiction i remember reading moby dick in college and I oh my god it. no oh, I you loved, loved it. it i loved it <laughs> <laughs> um and i and we read part of dante's inferno and that really affected me too and those those are the two books i remember reading in college and being like oh yeah there was this one story that i like think about all the time like a lot a lot of the times when i'm eating a croissant i think about this story and i have no i'm never gonna find the story again it was in like a like a creative writing 101 or like a literature 101 class and i just remember this image of like men in suits getting like croissant flakes on their suits and like like that image just has stuck with me but i, I i'll never be able to find out where that comes from catch why do you like moby dick what'd you like about moby dick um i actually i like really want to get another copy and read it sometime in the next few years or something sometime soon and reread it so i could give you a more direct answer then since it's been 10 years but i thought i think i thought it was like funny and mm -hmm. entertaining and like the writing i liked the writing um and I thought I think I thought there were like queer undertones if I'm remembering this correctly I like wrote like an essay on like feminism and Moby Dick and um I just thought it wasn't like what I expected it to be I guess I was gonna ask uh Shai is the uh, scrambles bug is that like a feminist like story oh I don't know I guess it ends it ends with all these women coming together and like Helping out this other woman that's like bleeding out all over the yeah. place. It yeah. kind of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I just watched the last episode of The Curse. Have you been watching that, Shy? Mm hmm. I Did you watch the episode last night? I watched the last episode last night. Oh my god! <laughs> and it kind of like gives that. I know mm -hmm. it's the same, but like the end, it like there's. There's like similar themes at the end of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't need her man. Yeah. Does it end with her bleeding out all over the place? No. You no. should watch it though, Tyler, if you, you haven't watched it. I haven't seen the last episode. I've seen like eight episodes so far. The last two are the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it like, does it make sense? I guess it's a little. I don't know. Like things make sense, but then some things don't. The show? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe you would have to not watch the last two episodes. No, I think you're right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last episode doesn't make sense. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I figured it out. <gasps> You'll have to tell me. I googled it because I it like it just like dumbfounded me at the end i was like what the fuck so i had to google it do you want me to tell no okay never mind because i want to try to figure it out i'll text you, you to tell me me catch like you can voice I'll or something okay yeah what do you think those shows are low though are they trying to replicate an experience like literature where there are no answers or does that like ruin it you don't want that from television 
Do you think that there are no answers in literature? I think with poetry, I think it's all up to the reader to decide what the answers are for themselves. Do you not feel that fiction's that way? Not always. Hmm. It's up in the air. How do you feel? Are there answers to your stories? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I want people to just read stuff and read my stories and then come up with whatever conclusion they do. I'm not trying to make a point ever, but I'm sure there's plenty of answers to anyone who like thinks about it. I'm sure there could be plenty of theories. Like you asking this feminist, I guess it is feminist. I, I didn't think of it that way, but that, yeah, that sounds right. seems obvious actually. Um, but I didn't consider that when I was writing it. You were just writing it while you were writing. You're like, this will make a good end. Mm -hmm. Do you guys ever fear like... Oh, sorry. No, you can go. Actually, I wasn't even going to bring the neighbor back uh, at the end. Actually, my original ending just ended with the fireworks over the bomb shelter. at like the zoom out and then the fireworks and that was it. Um, and then... I brought it to workshop and people said I should bring the woman back. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should bring the woman back. Yeah. That was like the best part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I always want to end things prematurely, I think. And that's my problem. Um, I, I'm kind of, in, well, okay, I'm very impatient. I'm a very, very impatient person. And it's been hard for me to like set something aside and then return and build on it and build on it. I'm, I keep things short. So in workshop, people are always just like, I, this isn't the ending. Keep writing. <laughs> I need to hear that sometimes all, all the time. So workshop helped you. Oh yeah. A lot. I know you like, you do your own workshops. Yeah, I do. How'd you come up with the idea to do that? You saw other people doing it. So you started one. Yeah, my friend actually, Megan Fernandez, the poet, said that I should do a catapult workshop. And this is before I started my MFA program. And I was like, why would no one would want to learn from me? What are you talking about? And she's like, you have two poetry books. You could definitely teach a poetry workshop. And she convinced me to do it. Or, Well, she didn't convince me to do it. She gave me the courage to do it would you ever bring catch on yeah yeah catch yeah. are you gonna join i mean chai doesn't host poetry workshops anymore well she did would you join yeah yeah i would bring catch on in a heartbeat yeah i'm not gonna do any more workshops for a long time because now i have a full-time job but I was doing that when I didn't have a full-time job. <laughs> Did that like bring in money though? A little bit, yeah. And you enjoyed it? I did enjoy it, yeah. And What'd I've stayed friends with a lot of the people who took my workshops and like to see them publishing and posting online and stuff. It makes me happy. At the end of your story about the, the Scrambles bug, do you guys fear like bleeding out all over the place? Is that a fear that women have? <laughs> No. No. 
I've never had that fear before. Have you, Shy? No, I have like a poop thing, not a not a blood thing. What, what is it? Poop thing. Like I just have nightmares about like poop. Wait, what? <laughs> about like pooping too much? Well, yeah, or like pooping at the wrong time, or like <laughs> pooping and it doesn't look right in the. <laughs> And when I was a kid, I my parents had to give me enemas because I like, what? Wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking do it. And the doctor said that I, it was an attachment problem that I was like a <laughs> part of myself. I'm so sorry that I'm like laughing because this seems like really vulnerable for you to be sharing. But like, okay, it is kind of funny. It yeah. is. Funny. I've always been afraid of poop. <laughs> I actually okay. I'll sh <laughs> I share something really disgusting. Sure. Okay, my birthday was the other day, and the like, I was doing a flex day, so th that's just like something where on Tuesdays now I work eleven to seven instead of eight thirty to four thirty, so that I can make phone calls when people are out of school. I work in admissions, and uh, I woke up and like had it was my birthday. I had my morning to myself. I like finished novel edits, sent them off to my agent, was doing really well. And then I went potty and the toilet clogged and it shouldn't have. Like there was there was no reason for it to, but I like it was just a normal poop. But I didn't want my boyfriend to have to wake up and deal with it. And the plunger didn't work. Um, so I scooped the poop out with a McDonald's cup and had to go throw it in the dumpster. And that was like the start. Like that was like within two hours of it being my birthday. That's it incredible. It was so horrible. That's bravery. Shot. And I went out to the dumpster Someone? in the pouring rain with my cup of poop, which I <laughs> hid with. I hid it with like, you know, I stuffed it with paper towels. But <laughs> you wash your hands after? Of course. Yeah, like thoroughly. Yes. Were you afraid that was gonna like splash on you? No, I like I suffocated it enough with the paper towels that that wouldn't have been possible. How about you, Catch? You have any poop stories? No. No. Um... Even if I did, I am not the type of person to talk about poop. <laughs> you have any pee stories? Horrendous pee stories. No, I I'm not the type of person to just talk about like bodily functions like that. Okay, yeah. good call. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but Ty, I love your story. I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Catch, <laughs> do you have any horror stories about like animals or just living? Wow, that's an interesting question. Horror stories about animals or just living? Horror or, or anecdotes. <laughs> in your life that it would be entertaining to tell on this podcast. Yeah, I mean like I have ghost stories. That's what? Wait, tell a ghost story. I feel like Shai, you've probably heard me talk about my ghost stories before. I don't know that I have. I'm sure I have, but I don't know if I know. Oh my god, I just remembered a really funny story we both share, but I want to hear your ghost story first. I'll make a note to tell the story. I feel like my story is not that entertaining. I feel like you should tell just it your story about us telecatch um, you okay so my the place the apartment i lived in when i went to school when i was in college i moved into it after like these guys moved out of it and like i don't know six months a year later like one of the guys 
was like murdered in this really small town in this like really awful way. Um, and I didn't know he was the guy who lived in my apartment until like a week later, I like got some of his mail and it was like addressed to him and his name was like in all the newspapers and stuff. Right. So I recognized the name. I was like, Oh wow. Like he lived here before. And I can't remember if I got the mail or this happened afterward, but there was like, I was like in my living room and I heard this like loud crash and my cats like ran out of my room and I was like, Oh, they must've knocked something over. So I went into my room to see what happened. And like the curtain rod had been like bent in half. What the fuck? Oh, I did that. Yeah. So like, I've had like visceral like experiences. Like I've had auditory, like I, I don't even, I mean, yeah, you call them like an auditory hallucination, but I've like heard voices. Like I've had like physical encounters with ghosts. So um, that, but that one is like the most uh, direct, I guess. You've had another physical encounter with a ghost? I mean, I guess it's not like physical, but like, yeah, I've like heard, like I've heard words and I've like, I mean, I can like channel energy. So I've actually been able to like have like a medium experience before. That's a little different. It's That's not awesome. really like a ghost story, but yeah. I mean, I just, I believe in spirits and all of that. And I think maybe just being more open to that or like being born in a body and having a spirit that is open to that, like made me more vulnerable to it growing up or something have you seen a shadow person no um no that shit scares me i don't like thinking about that um my best friend died and before she died she was seeing that kind of stuff so it really freaks me out if you see the left eye lisa lopez documentary she sees no. something at the end of the documentary and then she dies. Are you serious? Yeah. It's like a hardcore documentary. You should watch it. Yeah. It's like a VH1, like behind the music, like documentary, just like how they do on like musicians, but then like this one's like so fucking weird because something darts out in front of her car and like through the entire documentary, she's talking about she feels like there's some spirit, dark spirit Ooh. following her. Ooh. And I don't it's just, like... yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what my the kind of shit my friend was talking about before she died. Damn. What about you, Shy? You want to share that story? Sure. So Catch and I were at South by Southwest and we were staying in this Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> she knows the story now. Uh, we were staying at this Airbnb. It was really nice. There was this like cool old lady. I remember watching Catch just like sit in the grass and read. Um, but anyway, one night we were in bed and, uh, I woke up in the middle. Oh, and there were other Airbnb people staying there. So it wasn't (laughs) just us. It was like other rooms had other people in them. And I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a male figure, like a guy standing in the doorway. And I was so fucking scared. I like seized up and I just started because I didn't want to make any noise. I just started like hitting Ketch's leg in the bed. 
so that she'd wake up and then of course she wakes up and she's like what and then she like got up and looked and she's like shy that's the james dean poster on the <laughs> oh my god and it was just a poster of james dean but we were laughing so fucking hard because i thought we were about to get murdered like that's the most you know <laughs> That's the most scared you've ever been. Like, I really thought there was a guy standing in the doorway, like, watching us as we slept. That's no, that is terrifying. Um, but I'm yeah, I remember anything like that was before. Yeah, <laughs> have you guys ever been followed by a dude and like it like got weird? Mm hmm. In Italy. Italy? Yeah, I was in Italy. It was before the Morris Torvita Mia workshop that Giancarlo and uh, Chelsea Hodson ran. And I went to Rome beforehand with Stephen Archieri, which was amazing. Uh, we were in the Sistine Chapel and this guy came up to us and was like, so do you guys like believe in God? <laughs> this guy is just like wearing a bunch of Supreme. Uh, it was hilarious. But anyway, one night, yeah, I was walking back to my Airbnb in Rome and there was just like a guy who was clearly following me and then i got like he there was a gate to go like toward the building i was staying in and i went through the gate and started walking down the sidewalk or the pathway to the door and he he went through the gate and then i was like oh shit now he now he's actually following me because there's no way he lives here and then i had to like use the key card and like get in and then like sh it was you know there were two doors and a little area where there were mailboxes and yeah i had to like bust in and lock the door and like run up to the room it was crazy do you tell yeah. someone no you're gonna see even like this dude's following me get get him off well i was alone and it was nighttime uh, and steven was like at his own hotel at that point oh yeah how was how was the <laughs> How was the trip to Italy though? Like the the whole writing retreat? Oh, it was great. I mean, I didn't write anything, but oh, you didn't? No, there there wasn't really time because they took us on like field trips every day. In the morning, we would do workshop and a kind of mini lesson, and then we'd just go explore Italy, and then we'd just hang out and drink a bunch of wine together. It was it was really amazing, and it made me feel really connected to writers like fiction writers this is my first time like being with fiction writers and like feeling like i was in community with them because i'd only really been in community with poets before at that point so it was a really good feeling it was what? felicia urso and ck um and steven and corey bennett and uh heather jewett I hope I'm not forgetting anyone from our group, but yeah, it was a really good group of people. What's the difference between hanging out with poets and hanging out with fiction writers? And if you like, you if you already feel like a community communal sense with poets, and you go into fiction, do you feel like you're left out of the fiction community because you're not yet writing fiction? I had that a little bit i guess or i don't know but i was always like on the 
border between fiction writers and poet writers. Like I still hung out with a lot of poets when I lived in New York. And if I knew any poets here in Virginia, I'd hang out with them. I think that in my experience, poets are more messy and party harder. And fiction writers are more likely to have you over for dinner that they cooked, that they got from the New York Times cooking app and like feed you and have intellectual and like talk for like hours and hours. And poets are like, let's fucking party and get messy. Uh, so I, I love both kinds of people. But yeah, I guess it depends on the mood, the mood for the evening. Do you see some of the poets who used to party? stop writing because of the party lifestyle and then you see other poets who still they stay into poetry but they still party i guess but they're older no all the poets i know are still poets mm -hmm. well that's good at least they stayed committed to it mm -hmm. is there a struggle though at some point in their careers i don't know like i guess if they stay in poetry yeah, they would have to know that like they're not going to be like have a a career like that of a fiction like a novelist oh yeah i, I mean you like would have to know going in like that's the thoughts. first thing you kind of know mm -hmm. i feel like you don't know that really? like when you're young you like at least for me it was like i was so dedicated to becoming a poet and i had to learn that it wasn't a career <laughs> path like, I had to learn that through experience. But I think maybe if you get into it when you're older, you're more aware of that. I don't know. I feel like it's probably, like, more of a learned experience, at least for some people. But I do generally think that if you're a poet, um, and it's not just, like, a phase or something, but you're actually a poet, then your mentality around it is, like, oh, I'm in the small press like you're not like if you publish and everything you you're not trying to like make a bunch of money from it but you might still have goals to like publish books and you know get your name out there but it's just a different level of exposure are you writing a book right now catch i have a resolution for this year to edit <clears throat> a bunch of poems and make a book out of it. Cool. Can but you don't have like ideas for like a book, like linked poem. I see so many of those. I see so many of those. Like that's very popular right now is the book linked poem. Like what? What's an example of that? Like Caroline Rayner, Moan Wilds. Oh yeah, she's she's a great poet. Do you like uh, Caroline Rayner? Yeah, I published her when I was doing Sad Spell. It was probably like one of her first publications. Well, I published a chapbook of hers. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it ca uh, Calorie World? Yeah. Yes. Is that right? That sounds yeah. right. Calorie World. I got it right. I'll have to um, dig through all of my old publications and send you some stuff. Yes, please. Yeah. And you too, Shy. If you have any little chat books, you can send I'm them. A, I'm actually throwing them out. Huh? I feel like most people don't throw them out on the street. Um, that was Austin. That's what he did. 
No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't think most people do that. Um, but yeah, this weekend I'm reading with someone I published on Sad Spell who now goes by the name M, but used to go as John Michael Frank, and that's the name I published them under. But I'm excited to like be doing a poetry reading with them this weekend um, in this like new era of our lives. Is that with Bud Smith? No, it's no. with. Uh, I'll let that out. It's with uh, Kevin Samsel. Oh, okay. Well, it's been about an hour and like ten or so minutes. I guess we should be wrapping this up pretty soon. You're nodding your head. Any like questions you want me to ask you guys? I've been up for two nights. My head's a little squishy why have you been up for two nights uh because i can't sleep and i take adderall and i try to edit these shows and like last night i talked to ben fama and then i recorded it and then i just like let me edit it and put it up or else it's not going up because i have another episode that i do with mallory smart I'm like, I didn't get around to editing that. And then, like, it takes, once it's, like, in my computer, I'm like, I have to, like, go sit down and edit it. It takes forever if it's just, like, it's sitting there. And, like, if I wait a day or two, this makes it so much more harder to edit. I don't know why. Hmm. You guys should start a magazine or something together. Nah, we're 30. How old huh? are you, Tyler? probably older than you guys how old are you i'm 35 nice are you 28 31 31 shy doesn't want to say <laughs> you've been very obscure about your age mm -hmm. really why i don't know i mean i'm not like afraid to say how old i am i just kind of don't i didn't so know like about you. Mm -hmm. Oh, Nash does that too. Hmm. Weird. Do you know like celebrating uh, birthdays as you get older? I don't even like register. I mean, like I'm having my birthday party this weekend, but I don't. I don't know. I don't like think like I'm a. I'm a year older. Like it doesn't. I don't feel a year older. Or I haven't like thought about it since it's been my birthday. I feel like you when know. I was, you know, turning like 21 or something, then it'd be like, I'm 21 now. I'm 21 now for like months. But <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, it doesn't feel like as important. You don't obsess over it and like it doesn't give you anxiety. Mm -mm. Well, that's good. No, I don't really. I'm content with aging, I guess. You're positive about aging. Yeah. I think okay, I'm just I getting smarter and better. And would you write? Have you have you started or have you tried to write other mediums like uh, television, movies, or video games? No, but my psychic said that I'm going to start write, doing screenwriting, and I believe it. She also said that my novel is going to sell as a miniseries on a streaming platform, and like kind of insinuated that I'd be invited to help with the screenwriting process. Does that give you confidence? Yes. That's cool. I need what? What is it? 
the psychic? Yeah, I can send you her contact. She's amazing. What should you do over the internet? And she just like uh, tell me nice things that are gonna happen for me. If she'll tell you about whatever you want to know about. Does she ever tell you about death or anything? Or like you're gonna die in seven days? She only tells you like the next six months to a year is kind of like her range. Like I did ask her, well, because we just had time left over and I'd paid for the time. So I, I was just like, all right, well, where am I gonna retire? And she said in France, but not in Paris. And I was like, that's, yeah, clearly this is out of your range. Uh, <laughs> I feel like she is like a six month to a year kind of lady. Did she tell you about the poop that you're going to dig out? Of the yeah. Toilet? Yeah. She said Burger King cup though. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll let you guys go. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. This was a Cool Thanks spot. for having us. Catch, send me the the thing about the end of the curse. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks again. This was fun. I felt like I was like listening to a podcast live or something. Nice. Nice. This is awesome. All right. We'll see y'all. Tyler. Bye. 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 just have to interrupt and i have to say what the hell is going on i was so dead tired in this episode i had done a string of um interviews with a day in between each one and i don't recommend uh doing that ever um and this was uh at night you know when you work out like heavy and then you go like you're working out with your big barbells and you're going you're going you're going you're going you're going you're going and you're going 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 you go and then you stop and then you go pick up like a little little tiny little five pound bell and you can't because your your arm is like it won't even it won't even work, and you got your, your, your fingers, getting your fingers, your, your wrist in there, you're trying to push it to the side. You can't even push it up, so you put it back on the rack. And you got to get your wrists together, you try to pick it up, and you get, you get your mouth and your nose, and you're like, you know? Um, that's me just trying to ask a simple question. And so Shy Watson and Catch, these brilliant, magnificent magnomious writers they picked up the ball and they fucking hit a hell mary and they went for a touchdown and scored and they go Wah! you know and they won the super bowl they by the end of this episode i'm laughing while i'm editing this i'm just laughing uproariously it's hilarious they're telling stories and that's uh, this would this ended up being a great episode but it could have been a disaster. Going, you're 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 going, you're